Hey, it's Bethane and Bethany, and this is the Don't Kegel Chronicles podcast, the show where we talk about pelvic health, women's health, mom life, and a lot about sex. It's definitely one of our favorite topics. You'll hear from us, two pelvic health experts and the owners of Arkansas Pelvic Health, and interviews with other powerful women and dudes that support us. Welcome back to the Don't Kegel Chronicles podcast. Today is an exciting day, Bethany. We got a great topic for you. Oh man, it's one of our favorites. Y'all know tips on sex. So this was rooted in, I came across a social media video that was promoting like keeping your marriage bed healthy. Mm. And, you know, so obviously I was like, okay, let's let's (laughs) tune in, let's listen. And some of the tips there were just, you know, such a basic level that I was like, what? <laughs> Let me give you an example. Please. One of them was like, keep your room clean, which I could kind of see that. Like if your mind is cluttered or you're distracted in your room because it's a mess, like that's one thing. But the other one was like, keep your body clean. Okay. <laughs> so you want to Don't smell, smell like butt? So shower? What? Yeah. That, that seems pretty basic. Yeah. So, I mean, there were some other things on there too, and some were like moderately good. But anyway, <laughs> we're like... Let's let's bring in our expert opinion. We, I feel like this is the most requested DM we get also. Totally. It, it's a question about sex. It's what do we think about this? What do we think about this? So we're like, let's do, look, let's add an episode this season about sex because we haven't yet, we haven't done that yet. Yeah. And I mean, we could take this any direction at right. all, but I'm not going in the pain direction. I no. think we've covered that a lot. If you have pain, obviously it affects your libido and things like that. This is like in a typical no pain type of like sex. Yeah. So just like the basic tips of foreplay. Yeah. That literally, I feel like people just think foreplay is in the bedroom, but it it starts from like the moment you wake up truthfully. Like you do the dishes, you're sexting throughout the day. You're, you're preparing for the, it doesn't have to be like a planned event. Sometimes you do have to plan it, but But, like, but like treating people well and doing things that they like, if that's anything, if it's like bringing you your coffee, you know, treating them well is part of it, right? Like if I'm annoyed by you, I don't like you. That's obviously going to tank my libido. Yeah, for sure. So that's one thing, but also when it comes to like literal genitalia foreplay, right? Yes, yes. I saw a meme today. It was Christina Holland. Love her. So and it, she had this thing. I mean, she made it. So I guess it's not a meme. It was a graphic. And it said, is it pelvic dysfunction or did you forget external play? <laughs> <laughs> it's super important. And I feel like a lot of the times people come in and they're like, we don't have time for foreplay. We don't, we don't have time. So like, but that's, it's really needed, especially for a woman. Totally. Because like foreplay serves a purpose, like besides the pleasure component, it lubricates the vaginal Mm -hmm. canal, it elongates Mm -hmm. it. So like, you don't have time for that. You might not have time for insertion. Right. You can (laughs) use outer course. How it works. (laughs) And I've seen this too. I don't think that the language will ever change, but there's kind of a push of saying like foreplay indicates that it's like an appetizer and you're waiting for the main course. Oh. Like foreplay is sex yeah. for a lot of people. A lot of people, yeah. And there's some like even evidence about that, right? Like 80% of women, I say 80% a lot, but I swear but these I are the stats that show actually up. the stat. It's like require external stimulation in order to have an orgasm. Yeah. And so, you know, that doesn't indicate that foreplay is appetizer to me. That's the main course. Unless you're like an app girl. You like a fried pickle? You like the bacon wrap Brussels sprouts? Like, okay. <laughs> Like if, <laughs> but Those that's like the those. main 
that's like the main course, yeah. if you will, for, for a sure. lot of people. For sure. And But I think that some of that goes back, which is a whole other podcast, and honestly, we've done some before, to when you learn about what sex is. A lot of people say sex is penis and vagina, right? right? And so if you're not getting the foreplay, but you're getting the sex, like, right. that's not actually how the body works. Yeah. And we so know anyway, that's not everyone's sex. Like, everyone has different versions, right. definitions of sex. Totally. Yeah. So in clinic, I'm like, what does sex look like for you? For you. <laughs> for you. Another important tip is lubricant. Um, I feel like lubricant has become, it's not become, it has been this taboo thing for a very, very oh, long time. Yeah. And I wish it wasn't because it is so helpful. Right. Especially for like uh, postmenopause, like going into menopause, postpartum moms, any, any dryness issue, like using lubricant is not a bad thing. It actually makes the process way more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I think it has a stigma. Yeah. I think that people, um, or you hear this anyway, oh, I don't need a lubricant because I'm already, like, he's definitely doing the job right. Or right. I won't use a lubricant because if it's not working well, if it's not natural lubricating, they're not doing the job right. Or right. like a, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Even like what you said, like a postmenopausal or a postpartum, you're yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah, it's stage of life. Yikes. But I've actually switched my language with that in clinic too. Now yeah. I don't say, do you use a lubricant? I say, which lubricant do you yes. use? <laughs> yeah. To just like slightly destigmatize mm-hmm. it. Of course, you don't need it every single time. But I mean, friction hurts. It's, it truly does. And it makes things burn. And just because your tissue doesn't lubricate enough for an event doesn't mean your partner's not doing a good job. It's right. just like your personal body. So like some of our personal favorites of lubricants, like, I personally, Beth Ann, love Uberlube. Like, I love the way it feels. I love how it feels on your skin. I know a lot of people like Good Clean Love that's aloe-based, so sometimes that one burns people, and I'm one of those people, so I don't tend to go in that direction. But I, I mean, slippery stuff is what we use in clinic a lot. So there's a lot of science behind lubes. Yeah. I'll cover some that Beth Ann just said. Uberlube yeah. silicone-based, so it's definitely slippery. Mm-hmm. Also, because it's silicone-based, you can't use that with silicone um, assistance, if yes. you will. <laughs> will. 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 Um, yeah, so if you have any buzz buzzes, then um, oh. don't use oh, silicone we, with it. Here. I mean, I don't know. We, we I, 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 don't, I feel like we can say evaporator. This some is not stuff, TikTok. This is some not. stuff gets pulled. <laughs> Um, if you have any, podcast gets pulled. I don't know, no, no idea. I'm going to say vibrator. So, you know, you can't use silicone with that. Right. And like slippery stuff, for example, the osmolality is super high. So right. sperm don't swim well in right. that, right? So if you're trying to conceive, not, don't use that one. Um, good clean love is pretty safe all around. They have some that are just water-based. Yep. They have some that are aloe and water-based. Some people use oils, like a coconut oil. Yep. The research is mixed on that one. Yep. Some people say that it can lead to S. STI, better, more transmission of STIs. Mm. We know that it could clog glands. Yeah, disruption of pH. I don't recommend that one as much as I used to, but I know people still use it. Yeah, if they're using it, not having any issues, I'm like, oh, just keep watch for this. If right. it happens, you need to stop. But right. if not, if it works for you, go for it. But, I mean, talk. those are just like a few different kinds. And essentially, the rules for lubes are something, obviously, that you both people like. Like, mm-hmm. if it's burning one person, but you like it, that doesn't work in your relationship, no. obviously. No. I feel like that was a basic tip, like the wash your body. So, <laughs> if I could retract that, I would. I'm going to leave it. You're going to leave <laughs> Don't smell. But, you know, also, like, the warming and tingling sensations, mm-hmm. usually the ingredients required to make that happen aren't good for the vagina. Um, and, like, if it has a scent usually not good. And there's mm-hmm. a few other like ingredients that aren't mm-hmm. good, but those brands that she mentioned, Uber Lube, 
good clean love, slippery stuff. There's one called Yes with an exclamation point at the end. Desert Harvest is good. It's an aloe base. Um, But, you know, going through the different seasons that you needed, of course, menopause and, of course, postpartum because the estrogen's lower in both of those time periods and estrogen is what helps lubricate the vagina. Mm -hmm. But also... Like just allergy season, like just the spring for your girl, me, when I'm taking antihistamines, like that doesn't just dry out the nasal passageways, if you will. It dries out all all the passageways. All of it. So there are different just times, different seasons, different chapters where it's a definite need and other times where it might just be, you just like it. It's just nice. It's just nice. So keep that in mind too. So that's a little foreplay. A little foreplay, a little lube little toy action we discussed with yeah. the buzzes buzzes. Yeah, buzz, buzz. So let's talk about that just because we, we y'all know that we are a big proponent of those and I feel like baby PT would have never pelvic PT Bethany would have never done that. But now I'm like, man, I was I was missing out. And I, I want our patients to not be missing out. Especially if like um antidepressants and postpartum and all the things. Like it's it's harder to get an orgasm sometimes. And I love a little vibration for pleasure, for pain. Well, and let me just, just a little insert here. Like we're, we're assuming pleasure is orgasm, but you can have pleasure without orgasm. Some people aren't able to have an orgasm. It's not always everyone's goal. So we're kind of interchanging those two things, but vibration can help with pain. I think we've covered that in previous podcasts before, but also with pleasure. And there's a lot of good evidence about that too. Um, but we always just tell people like, it's not, I, I feel like in, in our population, just South. Um, some of the things that we hear people say is like, well, my husband doesn't want me to get one because he thinks it's going to replace him or, Correct. you know, things like that. And that just simply isn't true. It is another player on your same team. Team player. Yeah. Truly. So, it's not just a singular. No, we call it a teammate because we got lots of, lots of tools in the toolbox and yeah. that's another one that we can pull that's yeah. really fun and enjoyable. Totally. And so when I like if someone's in our office for pain with intercourse mm-hmm. and I'm trying to introduce the idea of vibration, I always ask them like, what are your thoughts about it? Cause oh, some yeah. people feel, feel like it's like a sin. Yeah. Some people are completely against it. Some right. people's partners are against it cause they feel like it's a replacement. So I always like to know where, where we're coming from first. Right, right. And I usually just prevent or present the data with pain, right? Yes. You don't have to think about it for pleasure. Of course, pleasure could be a side effect of vibration, mm-hmm. but look at the pain science in vibration. Right. And then, I'll, and like, if they're not opposed to the pleasure component, I'm like, and obviously, you know, right? Because some people already have vibrators. I'm like, you should yeah. try some vibration right here at this little part of the tissue. And they're like, oh yeah, I already have one. Yeah. Great. <laughs> right. And I do feel like they're becoming more mainstream. Like you don't have to walk into like a Cupid. It's like Target has no, them. No, Target has them. Yeah. And they, they run good sales on them too. Amazon. Um, I will tell you this, and I, I don't feel feel great about this, is I got a text from a friend last week and it said, I'm just letting you know that Goodwill has vibrators. And oh, I said, no. I said, you're lying. And That's she was a like, joke. no, she sent a, she, she showed me and she said, it's this. And I was like, oh, it's not even in a package. And I was like, please, no, no, no. And she said, well, my niece picked it up and was playing with it because she didn't know what it was. And she immediately was like, put it down. Oh, no. I was like, I that was That has unaware. to be some type of mistake or joke. I'm, I am really hoping it. But That's please bad. don't, bad, please bad, don't bad, get bad, one bad, from bad. there. Please don't get one from there. Amazon will send it in a discreet package. Like, if you're... Your if mailman you're, doesn't have your to know. Your mailman doesn't have to know. <laughs> they don't have to know. They could be delivered. I did have a friend one time, and this is funny... Um, her husband was out of town and she got this, um, delivery to her door and she opened it up and it was like this large vibrator and she called him panicking 
And it was not for them. It was oh, for a neighbor. No. Mm-hmm. Got to read the names <laughs> on those boxes. <laughs> <And it> was, <laughs> she was, she called her husband and was like, why would you send this? And he was like, I did it. And so wrong delivery. Yeah. Wrong. Yikes. Wrong, wrong. Okay. I also feel like we're both in our thirties yes. and menopause usually starts around like 50 or mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but perimenopause. And if you don't know a lot about perimenopause, it's kind of like getting close to menopause or starting some symptoms early and things like that can start in your thirties for some people. And someone we like to follow about that is Jackie Piasta. Um, She's on Instagram. She talks about it a lot. Lots of doctors handle it, but she's on social media a lot about it. Um, And, you know, one thing that sometimes comes with peri and menopausal women are some low libido. Right. And we hear that a lot in office and it makes sense if you have pain if there's a low libido. And it also makes sense if you don't have a good relationship at that moment with your partner or it's kind of in the grave, if you will, at yeah. that moment, then the libido is low. But what if you love and trust your partner right. and that has previously been a part of your relationship that you really enjoy? Like, what are we doing about tanked libidos? Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing here, too, um, just with, like, I guess, tips with sex. Like, if you feel like, you're not desiring it, so your right. libido is low, but you want to desire it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a medical thing, right? Yeah. Like talk to your doctor, get some hormone stuff done. Um, but you know, another thing is how you feel about your body, like yeah. body dysmorphia. Um, I think also like life burnout in general, like stress has a huge component to yeah. it. Um, and I think if we're, it's really hard as for me. Me personally, as a wife, a business owner, a mom, like it's, you're tired. Yeah. And that's a lot of stress. So you have to leave that outside so you can be present in the moment too. And that's hard for some people. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's just hard for people to be present anyway. And I've heard a sex therapist talk about that. And she always said, she's like, you know, your mind wanders often through the day. You could be watching your favorite TV show and Mm -hmm. you think, oh, I need to get bread next time I go to the store. And like, did you panic that while you're watching TV, you thought about groceries? No, you just like brought your mind back to the TV show. You could do the same about sex or during sex. And also what I want to say about that is most women have reactive Mm -hmm. desire. So where, you know, I feel like we always hear like, well, I want them to pursue me. I want them to want it. Like, okay, but people, there's usually like different, I feel like the people are married, right? The person that is the pursuer and then the person that's the distancer um, are generally married. And the person's pursuer also wants to be pursued, but they're married or their partner is a distancer. And so most women are distancers um, or secondary, like secondary desires. So like in my relationship, that would look like, you know, from the morning, like whatever helps me, supports me makes me feel good about myself in the day, right? And I'm still not thinking like, oh, I want to have sex with you, right? Mm -hmm. But if you come home and you're starting like a a little bit more aggressively Mm -hmm. pursuing and I'm still thinking like, uh, (laughs) but then I'm like, okay, but I love you. I trust you. I feel supported by you today. Okay, let's just roll with it, right? (laughs) And then like as it's happening, you're like, okay, I like this. Why don't we do this more often, (laughs) right? And so that's like the, the desire did come, yeah, but not... Not, you know, not early in the day, no. not even until action was starting and action only started because I was like, I love you. I trust you. Right. Um, I feel good today. I, 
I feel like this is good, right? And then the desire came. And that's yeah. how it is a lot of times. But a lot of times the people that are pursuers want to be pursued. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a lot of us are those secondary people. We're not pursuers. And so it's like you have to think about, okay, I don't want sex. I don't desire sex right now. I don't desire sex until it kind of is the process is starting. But he wants it. So let me just try, right? <laughs> just try. And so that's like hard because you're like speaking different, right. like, sexual languages I guess yeah. if you will yeah, yeah, and yeah. so sometimes you have to do that like you could say true to yourself but know that your partner likes one thing and you could try that sometimes yeah. but I think that's another thing too is people start worrying about their desire their low libido and sometimes it is a medical condition and sometimes it's not it's just yeah. like trusting your relationship and what I'll also say about that is there is like some coercive consent sometimes <laughs> happening we hear about it in the clinic um, someone begging you or they're feeling bad or they're slamming cabinet doors because they're frustrated that you don't want to have sex is not, that's not a good, that's like, not a, safe mm-mm. relationship where you feel okay being vulnerable in it. So, right. of course, that's also going to tank your Cause, libido. Because sex is definitely a, a vulnerable totally. state. And if you don't want to have sex, that's okay. And if you don't want to have sex and the person whines about it, like, that ain't going to help you, bro. No, it's really not. It's really not. <laughs> so anyway, those are some of my tips. Yeah, I foreplay, vibration, yeah, playing house, clean bodies, oh <laughs> washing hands, lubricant. Oh yeah, washing hands. Man, number one, number bro. one, number one, number one. Hilarious. We, you know, it's really fun to talk about sex for most people, and then some people are like mortified. I feel like if you're like in your forties. This that's like right on the cusp of the generation that like never talks about it with their friends. And, but it's becoming more of an open thing, and I feel like it's a great thing to be talked about. Like, it can be private, sure, but, like, I feel like well, if you're open and you're w- willing to discuss things that are going on, like, it can be super, super Right, cool. and we're not saying be, like, disrespectful to the vulnerable and no. private things that happen. No. But you can, like, make jokes about it. Yes. You, like, anything. I mean... How how much embarrassing stuff should I say? I think here? I think we should I think we should lay it out. <laughs> I'm in a spicy mood right now. I feel like more people joke about sex now. Yeah. And probably they always have. I was just kinda naive and didn't know what it meant. But now I like I hear stuff at work. Like people like, my pocketbook hurts. Like a literal patient. <laughs> and so I'm like I didn't see this person as like a wallet person, but I saw them as a purse person. But maybe if they're like sitting on a pocketbook, yeah. like maybe their spine. And then I was like, tell me what your pocketbook looks like. And she was like, my pocketbook. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And so anyway, just there's more names and more jokes and things, especially since like um, The Office. Oh, yeah. And that's what she said. Oh, man. But talking about sex also, even in a joking way, has been, I think it's happening more openly now and funny where people aren't feeling like verbally assaulted. (laughs) But yeah, embarrassing things happen too. I recently had a patient. It was a really fun patient for me. She was waiting until she got married to have sex and she's just not getting married and she's in her 50s. Nice. And so she uh, made an appointment to like basically learn the ins and outs of figuring out, figuring this out as she gets married. And so I was basically giving her a sex talk as an adult, right? Like, you know, it's foreplay, it's insertion. Um, Sometimes bodies don't work together. So, like, maybe it hurts you one day, and then the next time they have erectile dysfunction, right? Because we're thinking about different ages and things like that. And so, it was just funny, like, talking through all those things. And so, even, like, the tips of, like, if they lose an erection, that doesn't mean they're not attracted to you. Sometimes there's other medical conditions. Sometimes it's just the fan, you know? Like, (laughs) things can happen. That's actually a rule. I was like, turn off the fan. Yeah. It's got to be turned off. It's just, like, one of those things where... 
you know, I think when people don't actually have a good sex ed and then they think they're going to have sex like all night, right? <laughs> because they like saw it on TV like right, that. Right, right. And like really when you look at studies, after sex is established with a partner for a while, um, sex like insertion is what they're labeling sex, like penis and vagina sex is um, six to 13 minutes, right? That's not and, that, and that's really not that long. If Six to 13 minutes, people are like, we went all night long. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you did. You might have made out. You might while. have, like, called, you need to call your doctor <laughs> if you did. It's like the Vagra commercials. Like, if your erection okay. lasts longer than four hours, like, that's a problem. Right, right, right. But that's also medication but induced. That's also medication and induced. And so, yeah, that's one of those things. Like, I give people realistic expectations. Yeah. And if it's like their first time having sex, I'm like, you might get 60 seconds. Like, truly. So, and then also people think you immediately can have sex again, right? But there's, like, refractory periods where um, men can't have an erection again and definitely an ejaculation again immediately. And those refractory periods get longer as you get older. So, like, in the teens, they're literal minutes. (laughs) And in the 20s, it's, like, um, a long stretch of hours where people might be able to have, like, a morning and an evening. evening, yeah. Right. And then after that, it's, like, a day. You know, it changes. And so... Those are all things that you have to be like, okay, it's not me or, right. you know, whatever. But, yeah, sex is weird. It's awkward. It's one person's body in another person's body. Like, there's going to be some weird sounds. <laughs> and just it's some slip-ups. Some slip-ups. <laughs> I also feel like, you know, when, when we watch it in movies, it doesn't portray, like, what it actually is in real life. Totally like, not. at all. Yeah. At all. Which is, I mean, it's fine. But, like. Hollywood did not do, they don't make it realistic. Right. So then if you're not actually communicating about sex, teaching your kids, also if you weren't taught, right, if you're not communicating with your partner, like, what's your expectation here? Yeah. (laughs) Or what were you thinking about this? Or whatever. It makes it hard. So, like, I would say, you know, talk about it some, and you could do it in a joking manner, and not immediate reviews, unless it's a high five. (laughs) Like, not immediate reviews, like, oh, I get in this better. Maybe give it a day. But you know what I do think is super important that I... Like, I have become better at, and, like, I feel like if we can stress this to people earlier in their relationships of communication of, like, hey, you should try this, because, like, we know our bodies, and, like, communicating to our partner that, like, hey, if you try this, I think this will be good, or, like, just in the moment of, like, no, don't do that, like, blah, blah, blah. Totally in the moment, you could say, communication, softer, slower, or whatever. Um, but even like the ideas of what you like, if you, you might not know, but right. something might pop into your head, right? right? So then you could say it. So exactly. I do think you could talk some. I just wouldn't give like immediate reviews after. After. Was that also in the video? Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Gosh, this video, I, man, it was something. It was something. <laughs> and it was funny because it came across my FYP or something and Bethany was like, have you seen this? And for some reason, I had seen it, and it was just disturbing, and I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, this is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> but, you know, uh, they were... They but were, good job for being but, online and talking about sex. Great. Like, that's I not mean, an easy thing to do. No. Um. So, anyway, I just think it's something that... Those are some <laughs> real tips. Real I, tips. I would say. And I'll also say, like, we're pelvic floor therapists. We yeah. talk about sex a lot with our patients, yeah. which also means that... Um, a side effect of the job is that our partners get a lot of education. Lots of education. <laughs> Probably that they didn't ever want. But it was also like a growing and learning experience too. Right. You know, at, well, we both, we got married in the same year, yeah. but we've been each been married 13 years. And I always like to clarify at this point, because people online are always confused. We're both married to men. 
And we're not, yes, we're not, we're not partners. So when I'm say, married to Chris. We've been married 13 years. Then <laughs> <Yes>. he's <laughs> married to Steven and I'm married to Chris. Yeah, that's um, right. We've been. Yeah. One of us got married in May. One of us got married yeah. in August. Two, yeah, yeah. Two men. But like for me particularly, there's a, a large like learning curve there. Oh, for sure. Like learning like you know, both of our expectations, what we learned about sex. And so when I look, when sometimes I have patients, I have this one that I, I think I've talked about her in the podcast yeah. or not on our podcast, on Toby's podcast before. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember her sitting in a room, like in the chairs, like doing her intake. And she was like, I just feel like I'm sinning. And I was like, what are your thoughts about sex? She's like, that you should have to wait till we get married. I was like, aren't you married? She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I could like see myself <laughs> in some of that yeah, too. Yeah. So it's just so funny because we've come a long way. We've come a long way. Um, to the point where even like my most shy husband will make sex jokes oh, publicly sometimes. It's hilarious. Say, I yeah, love when really it. Funny. I love when we catch him off guard at work and his whole face turns yeah. red. It's really funny. The only man that works. <laughs> the only man that works for this. Yeah. But he's awesome. He's so good. He's um, so good. Anyway, those are those are my best tips, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I could probably get more specific or show stories along the way, but yeah. Yeah. Tips for sex. Tips for sex. We might have to open up a poll on our Instagram and say, what's your best tip for sex? And people can respond anonymously yeah. and they won't, and we can repost them. But for real, it's not anonymous. We can see We can response. see you, but that's okay. We would never share your name. When we share responses, you can't see who did Yes. So just in case you had the false idea that we wouldn't know. <laughs> we do. We all, we know all things at all times. At all times. Ugh. Well, that's a wrap on tips on sex. Let us know if you have any questions and peace out until next time.